welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is Author Talk with your host, ML Roostrack. to get it promoted and then I got on to Facebook and 
uh, found the author's pages on there, and that's how I ended up finding you to do my interview on the radio for this. Uh, but it's, I mean, that's been pretty cool. I've been going to different book signings and being able to throw it out there for that, too. And it's been kind of fun because you're finding out new authors and other people, too, and their ideas also. But, yeah, the second I, I think, book I'm going to be doing through the Kindle. Okay. See, I love my craft fairs and my book fairs, book signing. It's not just a way to connect with authors, but you're connecting with potential readers. Right. I've noticed that, too. It's it's very interesting. See, I got into Wild Dreams from doing a book signing, and the girl that I was sitting next to during the book signing was already with Wild Dreams, and she said, you should take the self-publish and come over to my publishing house. So I landed there and now I'm director of marketing on top of doing this wonderful show on Atlanta. Okay. I've heard a lot of authors saying that it's easier to publish themselves and that they've opened up their own publishing companies too. Mm -hmm. Well, I've done both. I've done self-publishing. I've been with publishing houses, but it's give and take what you're wanting as an author for not only yourself, mm-hmm. but for your book. Right. So it also depends on how much time you actually have on your hand to do a lot of the marketing yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. I but this here is just uh this book was basically um, the first one. And um, like I said, I mean, the publishing company is great. And they suggested mm-hmm. this title page or this front cover page. I had actually chose another picture for the front cover. Now I wished I had used that one, but because <laughs> I've had several people tell me, well, it's really not that appealing with the cover. And I'm like, well, I don't think so either. But, you know, maybe one day I'll republish it and put the real real picture on the front of it like I wanted. Right. It, it just uh, it's your book, so you get the final say, but when you're in certain publishing houses, they have the final say. Like I said, yeah. given, I've heard good things about Outskirts. I've heard negative things about Outskirts, but I hear that mm-hmm. from every publishing company out there, including self-publishing companies. So it's just give and take what you're wanting. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, it's Okay. As an author, talking to another author, it's up to you to decide uh-huh. what you want. And I'm not saying self-publishing is the best. I'm not saying big houses are the best. They all have plus and negatives, and you have to weigh what works for you as the author. So. Right, right. And so, that's for and any how job, much money really. you want to put into it. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. It, so, it, and um, what I'm learning too with being an Authors Guild member is never pay a publishing house to publish your work. They're there mm-hmm. to make money from royalties. They're not there to make money from you up front. If they're asking for money up front, that should be a major red flag. Thanks to hear. So, yeah, you're a new I, author. I did have to pay up front with some of the. Do what? You're you're the author. I mean, with marketing, you're going to pay up front. That, but that mm-hmm. is also 
tax deductible as when you do your 1099 at the end of the year. Okay. So, but when you're paying for a publishing company to publish your book, that should be an instant red flag. They should be making money from the book itself, not from making you pay ahead. Okay. All right. So that's a wonderful advice, not only to you, but anyone out there in our listening audience is thinking about publishing a book themselves. Right. Good idea. Thank you for the info. Yeah, I, I, I tend to throw things out there every once in a while. Something hits me. Yeah, here's a little bit of advice. <laughs> so, but it's all trial and error too. So. Mhm. But okay. let's get back to your book because it is a children's book, and we want the children to have fun with this. So we have Timmy wanting to be a goldfish. Where does that go? Mm-hmm. Does he meet any interesting friends along the way that you can tell us about? Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. He loves to play at the creek behind his house. He's always pretending to have friends that he is playing with. And then Huey is a goldfish, and he's always pretending to play with imaginary friends, too. Um, he happens to swim up the creek, and when Timmy's up there playing, and he listens, he pops his head out of the water behind some rocks, and he listens to Timmy talking and saying he wished he was a goldfish and then all of a sudden he decides he's going to try to talk to him and he says I see you want to be a goldfish and the, of course Timmy's like now wait a minute who said that and he looks around and sees a goldfish and he says I know I why can't I understand you how is it possible and he says, I don't know, but you can. And he said, I can understand you. And he says, did you say you would like to be a goldfish? And he says, yes. And he uh, says, okay, so put your head in the water. And when he does, he turns into a goldfish. And they just wander off, swimming back and forth. They're going downstream, and they're playing and playing chase and hide and seek. And uh, Huey's showing him the world of under the water, and he's uh, – uh, um, they're exploring a lot, and uh, they come up on different things, especially when he first turns into a fish. He says, how is it that you're as big as I am and I'm as big as you? And he says, come on, I'll show you. And he carries him down stream a little bit to a piece of glass sticking in the water, which is literally half of a little piece of mirror. And he can see his reflection in it, and he says, wow, I see two goldfish. And he says, no, he says, the one on the left is me, the one on the right is you. And he starts dancing around, flopping his his fins, and saying, look, my my hands are fins, and my feet are fins. And and, uh, they meet up with some other goldfish who were bullies, and Timmy uh, happens to uh, yell at him and tell him that it's not nice to um, bully Huey, so uh, he ends up meeting his mother, and their time in the water is totally different from the time outside of the water. So it's, uh, but they end up being really good friends. And every every day when he goes down to the creek, he um, dips his head in the water, and Huey's there waiting on him, and they go playing. Uh, he comes back and dips his head back out of the water, and he's back to his uh, little boy again, and goes home. Um, that's now, that's basically when you're the gist writing, of it. 
that's wonderful. Now, when you were writing this, I noticed you picked up on the bullying. Was that consciously or subconsciously you put that in the book? I get, you know, I when I, I went to a book right not a book writing. I went to a book signing at called Bessemer Library here in in Birmingham, and um, there was an author sitting next to me, and he had wrote like, his life experience, and he was bought the book and he read it, and he comes he passed me the same question. He said, I like how you integrated the bullying in there and how not to bully. And I said, you know, that's the first time that that really was brought to my attention. I said, I really had no speculations of actually putting anything educational in there. I said, I was just writing is what I was doing. And I said, and it just came to my mind. I said, but but you bringing it up, it does bring it up to where it's kind of educational not to bully someone or take up for yourself or take up for your friends that are being bullied. So that's that's how it actually was brought to my mind was that way. So I don't know if it could you could say it was subconscious, and it could have been subconsciously that I actually did that. And it's just I guess we could say that it was. <laughs> well, it's great that you were able to integrate that subconsciously into your book because mm-hmm. there's a whole big incentive right now against the anti-bullying and. Right. We need to start our children off young to learn, hey, it's not okay to insult people because that's what it is. Right. It's not just bullying. It's right. an insult. And then you go to right. being mean and to hurting people's feelings, but all this other stuff. But you start with, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And that's something that right. I was taught. From the knee up. So, mm-hmm. And I think parents need to get back to that teaching young, as young as two, hey, it's not okay to bully someone. Be nice. Right, right, right. And I guess another the reason why I've gotten into the children's books because I've got a four-year-old grandson and my daughter and him live with us, and uh, he kind of inspired me to do some stuff too, so... <laughs> And by you saying that, she's been training him and trying to teach him since he was old enough to understand not to push and bully and to share and all too. So uh, that's which we're proud of her for doing that. So it's uh, oh yeah something that's we're being instilled. We're proud of the parents who start that off instead of the parents that go on their cell phones and ignore the child and don't pay attention when they right. shove another toddler down to the ground to get their or whatever the case may be. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's out there. Every thing. once in a while. Mm-hmm. We do a little bit of education on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole well, a lot. A little bit helps everything. Exactly. You throw something in there and someone might be pick up on that one cure. Whatever the case may be. And who knows a child that is a bully may read it and say, hey, I need to stop doing that. Yes, I've had several authors on here that have anti-bullying in their theme of one of their books. And Mm -hmm. some of them are meant for the bullying themselves to basically Mm -hmm. say, hey, it's not okay of them um, doing this. And then you carry Mm -hmm. that on to adulthood. So, right. But 
as I said, it starts young, and then we work our way up until adults. Right. But I see a lot of more exactly. and more that adults don't always <laughs> preach what they're trying to teach their children, and then their children do what their parents do instead of what their parents say. Right. But we have that. Now, your book about Chippy, do you have a title in mind so far? Yes. Right now, it. I mean, I've got it set as Chippy the Chipmunk, and it, that one is going to be about, like I said, um, the inspiration. And I actually literally took a picture of this chipmunk that actually comes out, and he comes out every morning, gets up on his hind legs, and he kind of looks like he's wiping his face off with his, with his paws and and he's looking at, at the world. And, and uh, I took a picture of it because my husband said, you need to take a picture of that and put it in your book somewhere and say, this is my inspiration right here. And um, uh, I, I actually did take it, so I've got to load it up onto the computer. But uh, he becomes friends with a squirrel named Squeaky because we have oak trees in our yard. And, I mean, there's squirrels everywhere, and you can hear them clicking all over the place. And um, they end up playing and going and finding nuts to carry to their homes and berries, and they go exploring and doing a lot of stuff. And uh, a dog comes out and chases them, and, and and that was inspired to me by our Boston Terrier because there are other chipmunks in the yard, and he hasn't gotten to hold a chippy yet, which we're glad of that. Uh, but we've got uh, this there was like a fence post that was actually sitting up, which was actually, it was a pole that was for a downspout and he knocked it loose and one of the chipmunks got up in it and he was, she was trying to get to it. And oh. I even integrated that into the book. So it was like, and I integrated it like it was chippy and him and the squeaky were playing and he's telling squeaky run up the tree and he runs up the tree and he gets in the, he finally jumps out and goes through the fence where the dog can't get her. And uh, but I mean it's it's going to be a little bit longer of a book than this one here that I because I got I guess because I got more into in depth than that one was going on and on about it. <laughs> well, I find that doing but the I, second book usually comes easier because then you find your writing voice. You have a storytelling yeah. voice that you talk to kids in, but when you find your writing voice then it becomes easier and easier. Yeah. And I guess that's why the third book is coming out. Uh, I was thinking of it as I was finishing up on Chippy the Chipmunk. Um, that one is going to be um, Mr. Squiggles, the life of Mr. Squiggles, and he's a squirrel also. And the reason why I'm integrating it is because Chippy and uh, Squeaky are are the, his neighbors, and they okay. they come over to his house too to try to get him to come out and play with him in the evenings when he comes home from work. So it's kind that's of a sequel in a way. I've gotten on that one. <laughs> oh, that, no, that's fine because that gives you until next year to play around with Mr. Squiggles. Right, so, right. And figure yeah. out all of his ins and outs while you're writing the story and then you find your talented designer and you have a wonderful book again. Right. Yeah. So, no, but that, we have that's some basically. Time. Okay. We have some time here. Do you so want me? Where, where, 
read a little or? Please, please, please. Okay, I can read a couple pages if you'd like me to. Please. Okay, this is the beginning of it. Once upon a time, there was a little boy, Timmy, who loved to go to the creek behind his house and play. Now, Timmy had a good imagination. He always pretended to be a fish. One day, Timmy told his mom that he was going out back to play in the creek. Mom asked him, what do you do down there at the creek? Timmy said, oh, I play with my friends in the water. Okay, just be careful, Timmy, and be back by five to eat supper, she told him. Okay, replied Timmy, and out the door he went. He went running as fast as his feet could carry him down to the creek to play as he did every day. When he got down to the creek, he took his shoes and socks off, rolled up his pants legs, and waded into the water. He then started splashing around and talking to his imaginary friends. As he was playing, a fish happened to swim up the creek and saw what fun he was having. Timmy was talking to himself, saying, I sure wish that I was a fish and could swim like they do. Now the fish was hiding behind a rock and just watching Timmy play and heard him say that he wished he was a fish. So he came out from behind the rock and swam around Timmy's feet, touching them as he did to get Timmy's attention. Timmy wiggled his feet and laughed because it tickled him. The fish kept swimming around his feet and tickling him. Finally, Timmy looked down in the water and saw a beautiful goldfish swimming around his feet and said, Oh, so you're the one that is tickling me. You sure are pretty. Now, Timmy knew that fish didn't talk, but something happened that day when he said that, and the fish poked his head out of the water and said, I know I did because I was trying to get your attention. I heard you say that you wished you were a fish so you could swim like you do. Are you sure that you would like to be one? Timmy was shocked that the fish was actually talking to him. It surprised him, so he ignored the fish and turned around and started playing again in the water. The fish again said, I heard you say that you wish you were a fish so you could swim like we do. Would you like to be one? Timmy was very surprised because he heard the fish not once but twice talking to him. So he played along with the fish and said, Yes, I did. That is what I, what, that, oh, goodness, I'm sorry. Yes, I did say that and would like to be a fish. But how is it possible for you to talk? Fish don't talk. They are not supposed to. The fish uh, was a little aggravated that Timmy would say that. So he said, we do talk. This is the way we talk all the time to each other. But how am I understanding you, Timmy asked. I don't. Don't know. I guess you can understand us," said the fish. "Come closer. Stick your head in the water." <coughs> I'm kind of leaving it at that because I'm getting a tickle in my throat. There you go. Yeah, don't read the whole book because it'll Sorry. spoil it too for all the old parents out there. <laughs> but while we are here, where can we, we talk about you being on Facebook? But precisely, where can readers find you? Okay, I've got a website out there now, and it is called, it's got, it's my name, Kim Munkus, author, uh, dot com. Okay. And it's got, uh, I'll put, I'm usually posting information on book signings, and right now it's got this book on it, and it's also got uh, the title of uh, Chippy the Chipmunk, my second book coming out, and I'm, 
every t- every time I'm doing something, I'm actually updating stuff on there. And on Facebook, they can find me at Kim Muckus. Um, they also have me a website on the outskirtspress.com. And I'm, I believe it's um, outskirtspress.com slash uh, the Boy Who Became a Fish by Kim Munkus. I think that's what it is. I'm not quite sure. I've got it on my my Facebook page. I'm sure if we Google your name, yeah, Kim Munkus, it should come up that way. Yeah. And you can probably find a whole lot more on Google, such as interviews you've done and out there in publication or Internet publication, I should say. I find that Google is a wonderful tool when you're trying to find authors because you, oh, yeah, <laughs> you don't just find their author page or their Facebook page, but you find everything that their name is linked to. It could be an interview from mm-hmm. five years ago. It could be in something from two days ago, but you can find everything mm-hmm. there on Google. So, but I find that okay. to be an awesome tool. Sometimes a little bit too personal if you get one of those. Yeah. Too much information out there, but you can find things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. And but everybody I, tells me that they they tell my husband they find him too because he's got his own company, so <laughs> he's on there also, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> See. I find that we search, see, my husband, we have this, well, obviously the same last my name, and my pen name is our last name. So if you just look that up, you find so many more things than just about my books. Now, that could be good mm-hmm. or bad because some of the things that he's like, why are people friending me? I don't know these people. I'm not an author. I'm like, mm-hmm. But you have the first initial to my pen name, which is also the first initial mm-hmm. to my real name. So they just mm-hmm. gamble, roll the dice, and there you go. So you have authors friending you just because they're assuming that they're getting to write M. Roostock. I got you. <laughs> okay. So it, it's cute sometimes. It's it a little frustrating yeah. for him, but that's pay for having a spouse as an author. Author. See, I can't yeah. today either. <laughs> is, I mean, is it question for you? Is it wise to use your regular name, or would you? Is it more better to have a pen name? Personally, I like having a pen name because, for the sake of Google, I don't want everyone knowing my address, my phone number, whatever you can find on Google that's attached to my full name. Mm-hmm. where my pen name only comes up with my author stuff. Okay. So you really have to know me to know the correct spelling of my name to get all my mm-hmm. personal information versus my pen name. Okay. So. Okay. That's good information. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> Like I said, this is also an educational half hour. You're learning things. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> so, 
It, but is, thank it you, certainly Tim. is, that's for sure. Yes, thank you again well, thank for you. being on the show. And I look forward to hearing about Chippy when it comes out in publication. Okay. And Alana, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. And Alana, good night, happy reading, and remember the book today was The Boy Who Who Became a Fish. Very cute. So I'll leave everyone with that.